and drink oh. the biggest gulp <laughs> while you're clapping the whole time. It was the biggest gulp. Oh my I, gosh, I, my chest hurts. I know oh. you did it as a bit, but it lasted for like <sighs> at least 10 seconds. New record. Uh, that was big. Uh, hey, uh, this is the Dip and Sip with Nick and Bill. We're here. It is a Friday morning. I don't know what time it is when you're listening to this, but that's what the situation is now. It's been raining all week. Mm-hmm. And guess what? There's no more rain. The rain is gone. 10% chance until next week. But that 10%. We might still get a little couple spits and drizzles. I love the little spits yeah, and drizzies. Uh, it's nice to uh, see the sun again. Yeah. I walked outside and I saw it and it was bright. You know, Nick, um, I think Psalm 133, 15 or 1 says, As the sun rises until the sun sets, praise the name of the Lord. So now the sun has risen. Mm-hmm. Not saying that we shouldn't pray to the Lord when it's raining, but, but knowing no. the sun has risen. But Bill, the sun still rises even when you can't see it. Nick, stop. Stop it right now. Stop it right now. What do you mean? What are you talking about I, that the sun is rising? The sun rises when even you can't see it. So when it's your even in your life, when it's rainy, when it's overcast, and everything seems dark, sun still rises. And you gotta still praise the Lord. Even when it doesn't feel like it's possible. That was beautiful. Sorry. Let me let me wipe myself up. Just to be that clear, good, that little slurping noise was not Bill drinking his coffee. That was uh, him wiping his nose. So much. Drip bitch. Because <laughs> of how much he's crying right now. Yeah. It's real. It's, it's getting hard. real over it's here in the dip and sip. Uh, is, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, uh, we're called the dip and sip because we like to sip on some drinks. We like to dip into the word. And uh, we like to just steep in God's goodness. That's what we're here for. Um, so what are we talking about today, Bill? Uh, we were talking a little bit over it, uh, not during the break, but just during our hangout time before we started hitting record. And uh, I had to stop Bill because he was about to like start talking about it. I'm like, no, save that for the viewers. Yeah, I think the words that came out of your mouth was shut your mouth. Shut just sh- sh- shut your mouth. I did say that, sh- and I I realized that our relationship, our friendship, took a another leap of knowing that Nick truly does care about me, and he's just like shh. Yeah, and that's enough for me to know that he cares about me. Just be like, hey, not the right time. Not the right time. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Uh, what we are talking about? This is actually going to be a two part podcast series. Uh, we're going to talk about it today, and we're going to talk about it next time. Uh, what we want to talk about is the Garden mm-hmm. of Eden. And the reason we want to talk about this is it is, it is just so significant. It is so absolutely significant. Um, it's, it's the beginning. It frames a lot of what's going on in the Bible. Um, it's my absolute favorite part of the Bible to preach on mm-hmm. when that happens. Uh, I love it. I always seem to go back to it whenever I talk about anything. Uh, oh, 
all right, guys, we got to go back to the garden. Whether I planned it or not, uh, it, there's so much significance there. And mm-hmm. it only takes up three chapters of your Bible. But, man, I just there are repercussions of what happens there everywhere. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about our favorite parts, our biggest takeaways, our, our, the things that stick out to us, the most significant parts, whatever you want to call it. We're going to talk about the things um, that stick out to us before the fall happens. Uh, and then uh, next time, we're going to talk about the things that stick out to us after the fall happens. So um, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to grab um, some more drinks and we will be right back. Mm-hmm. We're back. Back mm-hmm. from the break, uh, Bill showed me a little trick that you can do for all you coffee aficionados out there. Mm-hmm. You're drinking your coffee, and you're just like, man, I just want to spice it up yeah. just a little bit. You put a little whipped cream on your coffee, okay? Just a little bit, or maybe a lot, depending on who you are. Mm-hmm. And then you throw it in the microwave. Wait, you don't throw the whipped cream on after the microwave? Oh, no. Throw it before. And mm-hmm. then uh, when you pull it out, it's all foamy. It's all uh, bubbly and really, really good. I had a little sip of it. It's big, man. It's big. It's nice. So if you're paying five bucks, four bucks for a expensive coffee, I mean, cost effectiveness for sure during this quarantine time. Make your own coffee. Get a little whipped cream. If you're into cinnamon, if you're into, you know, something else i don't know you could sprinkle it on but the coffee bubbles in the microwave do it for 15 seconds to 30 seconds your coffee's hot your whipped cream's hot and bubbly and you kind of got this nice smooth hot drink that just goes down easy and it's nice it is smooth yeah that's what i liked about it yeah uh yeah so um today we're going to be talking about uh, like we mentioned before the break we're going to be talking about the garden of eden Mm-hmm. Um, Bill, really quick, give me a, a 10 second synopsis of why the garden is so significant. I'm so mad at you right now. <laughs> 10 seconds, Nick? 10 seconds. What in the world? I'm counting right now. Starting <laughs> I can't handle this. The pressure. Three, two, one, go. Listen, God created the heavens and the earth, and we're a part of the earth. And in that, he loves his creation. He's the creator, and he made man, and he loves mankind, and he loves woman, and he wanted them to multiply, and he was in relationship with them. There's a bunch of days in there with a lot of cool things. That was 15 seconds. Gosh dang it. Not bad. (laughs) Not bad. You did good. You did good. Yeah. Um, The the garden, for those of you who may not be familiar with it, it's... uh, Although it could be maybe the most famous Bible story. No, Nick. One of the Before most. you go forward. Oh. Give me your 10 second. Of why the garden is so why significant. why the garden is so significant. Okay. Ready, set, go. It is God showing his power in creation. It's God showing the way life is supposed to be. And that's it. 
you win $25 million. Yes. That was great. $25 million. Yeah. Significant number. That is a significant, yeah. Um, Based off what they get from playing Dota. Yeah, uh, the price pool. It's like $25 million. It's insane. So if you know what Dota is. But it got canceled because of coronavirus. Well. They didn't even do the tournament. I don't know where that money goes. We're training. Maybe it'll get donated to the Dip and Sip podcast. Yeah, or orphanages around the world. Or that. That's also good, too. Maybe they'll give us... You know, maybe they'll just donate, like, $500 to the Dip and Sip podcast. We don't need $25 million, just 500 Unless we're sponsored by Dota <gasps> or Folgers, like we talked in our last episode. Wow. I'm not on Folgers. They're okay. But uh, Folgers, if you hear yeah, them, you're Yeah, awesome. Folgers, you're out. Dota, you're in. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Keeps getting better and better. Yeah, we're moving up. Can't wait to get we're sponsored by Kraft Cheese or something. Oh, my gosh. What a, what a bizarre thing to be sponsored by. <laughs> Kraft Cheese. <laughs> what executive at Kraft is just looking like, oh, we have to get our product on that podcast yeah or on a nascar car yeah dude you represent us dude we are craft cheese <laughs> go for the win boy um yeah garden of eden let's, yeah let's okay, talk about yeah, let's how go, the let, significance let's, yeah of let's, this. let's go back here so the yeah. way uh what our format's going to be for today or it's going to be like today mm-hmm. is we're going to talk about two things that we find significant before the fall happens so before man and woman's sin before sin is introduced into this perfect creation Mm -hmm. what do we find significant Mm -hmm. and what do we find to be important uh we're gonna pick two things each so uh, bill you want to start off or do you want me to um i think i will I think I'm going to bring an entrance to this, and then I'm going to let you go for it. Okay. Um, I think when we talk about the Garden of Eden, it is super significant, uh, as Nick said, and is very meaningful. Uh, this is debated over, 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 over again. And knowing this meaning, um, I love the movie The Book of Eli. Again, parental discretion advised, but The Book of Eli is so awesome. I'm not going to give you the ending, but essentially man the first verse is is essential to knowing in the beginning god Mm -hmm. just even resting on that truth and really researching diving into uh constructing and looking and re and researching in the beginning god uh that is something to really either help you in your theology and your belief system and how you see the world Mm -hmm. when you say, well, I'm a believer of Jesus, but I don't believe in Genesis and like how like the world was created. I would challenge you that in the beginning, God is essentially paired with the whole Bible as a whole in the 66 books with this beautiful narrative Mm -hmm. of in the beginning, God and in Revelation, at the end of the book of the Bible, uh, Jesus calls himself the Alpha, the beginning, and the Omega, mm-hmm. the end. And that is huge. So giving that preface, bringing that entrance, we, we kind of set the stage uh, 
in knowing that there is relationship. And so, um, mm-hmm. Nick, can you start us off with the Garden of Eden? Uh, yeah, my, my significant thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, here's where I'm going to start. This is the first thing that comes to mind. Uh, and this comes from, well, I guess I'll go in chronological order. Uh, so you have God, he spends seven days making everything. Let there be light, let there be waters, uh, let earth sprout vegetation, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens. That was my favorite day. Yeah. Uh, he made two great lights, uh, you know, that's the sun and the moon. Uh, let the water swarm with swarms of living creatures and birds. Uh, let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds. Did I miss... No, 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 I got it. Yeah, uh, earth sprouting vegetation, that's Emily's favorite day. Uh, and then lastly, you know, God said, let us make man in our image. Uh, and so we have this creation, and then, you know, at the end of it, on the seventh day, this is what happens. And, and on the seventh day, this is chapter 2, verse 2, mm-hmm. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. Sounds a little redundant when you read that. It's like, whoa, that's weird to read. Uh, But I I think it's significant in just, like whenever you read something that sounds redundant in the Bible, it means it's important. Mm Mm-hmm. So he finished his work that he had done. Mm-hmm. He rested from the work that he had done. Mm-hmm. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. Now, these are just three verses in the Garden of Eden. And I think it could be easy just to be like, oh yeah, that's where we get Sunday and that's where we rest. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could just like really kind of gloss over it quickly. Yeah. But boy, let me tell you what. Uh, first off, we need to ask the question, does God need to rest? Good question. I don't think so. It's not like he was tired after making the universe because he did it just by saying stuff with a word. Yeah. You know, let there be light. Well, bam, there it is. Let there be vegetation. Well, bam, there it is. Uh, And it's incredible that he has the power to do this. But so that should awaken something in the reader for us Mm -hmm. to the significance that he decided to rest. Nick, you know, I've heard some things and some people would say, well, I just take the Bible face value with at least this particular line. Like, how could you say that he's not resting if I clearly read it? He rested. Like, what would you say with that? I would say, <laughs> what would I say? Uh, gosh, you took me off guard here. Uh, I apologize. No, it's okay. Um, what would I say? Like, you just read it face value. Um, I would say God is all powerful. And I guess, okay, this is what I would say now mm-hmm. that I've processed a little bit. No, totally. Um, I guess you need to ask the question, why is he resting? Because if you read it at face value, like you're challenging me to, nowhere in here do I see that he's tired. I don't see that anywhere. He's resting, but he's not tired. So what is the point? Why is he resting? Um, If he's not tired, 
why is he resting? And uh, what I see here, and when, um, and this is where you really need to interpret the Bible in the context of the whole Bible. Mm-hmm. That's what I would say also to this person mm-hmm. uh, who's asking this question. When you're reading your Bible at face value, you can't just read one verse by itself. You mm-hmm. need to read it in the context of the whole Bible. Mm-hmm of the whole chapter of the whole book mm-hmm. uh don't just read one verse be like well this verse says this and so now i'm gonna believe this it's mm-hmm. like well what does the rest of the bible say make sure you're grasping all of it mm-hmm. uh so what i would say is i would ask okay so why is god resting it's not because he's tired mm-hmm. um and I, I guess at that point now it's kind of a mystery like okay why is he doing that mm-hmm. um but then you skip ahead to exodus 20 when God is giving the Ten Commandments. And one of the commandments is keep the Sabbath day. Yeah. And true. specifically keep it because God kept it. Yeah. God made it holy. And mm-hmm. so you need to rest. And so what that tells me is that God is resting here to give humanity a template for how to live. Mm-hmm. You got six days of work. You make sure you have one day mm-hmm. where you're not doing anything and you are resting. Yeah. Now, granted, the Pharisees took this too far in the New Testament, and Jesus challenges, challenges them on that. Uh, the Pharisees are like, oh, you can't make your oxen do any work. You, you, in fact, you can't even go into a field and pick up some grains to chomp on, like a little snack. You can't do that. That's work. And Jesus says, you know, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So, uh, again, that gives us a picture of what's going on all the way back in the garden. So why does God do this? He's not Mm -hmm. doing this for his own benefit. Yeah. He's doing that for our benefit. Yeah. And so even in the creation of, like, just like the system the way that God created it's a good everything. Word. That's yeah. a very good word. Yeah, the system that God is setting up here is it's supposed to be a template for how we're supposed to live. Dude, that's that's huge right there, what you just said, because I think a lot of us have a view of what we look at in the world, and we're like, well, the world set this up. This is the system. This is a, There's multiple different systems that we may have created in the world or how— uh, the world runs, but mm-hmm. really you're, you're talking about the source yeah. defines the system. And what I'm hearing is God created a system. He did. That really no one can change other than God himself, but this system's still running. So yeah, yeah that's good. I just wanted to. Yeah. Wow. No, I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think what is so significant about this is that the garden is the way that life is supposed to be. And you're going to get that. Wow. That, that's my first thing. Wow. I was going to talk about just rest specifically, but yeah. I think I'm going to broaden it a little bit. Totally. The, the garden is the way life is supposed to be. If you're living in your life today, mm-hmm. and you know, we got coronavirus going on and it's crazy and the world just seems chaotic. Um, but think back to... A couple of weeks ago where you were running all over the place, you're going to school, you're going to your job, whatever it is, and you're feeling tired and mm-hmm. you're feeling 
uh, worn out, you have to ask yourself the question, is your life, the way you're living your life, Mm -hmm. is the way you're living your life matching up with the template that God gave? Just in this simple way. Let that sink. And I'm going to challenge you right now. If you're not following this template of like working six days and making sure you have one day a week where you are resting so you can recharge, I'm going to challenge you in that you are not living the way God intended. Yeah, that's big. Are you saying, Nick, like Sabbath needs to look like a whole day and not doing anything? Um, I got, you know, maybe some list. I got kids, I got homework, I got mm-hmm. sports, I got, um, so I'm already breaking, I'm already yeah. breaking God's, <clears throat> you know, relationship because I'm not resting with the whole day. Yeah. Um, maybe it's a time. I don't know. What are, you, what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah. That's here's what point. I would say, because I don't want to get pharisaical about this. Okay. Is that a word? I will take it as yeah, a like I don't want to be super fair- religious person. Yeah. I don't like want to be dogmatic, fair- like yeah. super Ugh. Yeah, I don't want to be pharisaical about this. Uh, I think, but the challenge is good. Yeah, I think that's real. Yeah. you are right. Um, I don't want to be pharisaical about this and be like, "Oh, you don't have, you know, you only rested twenty three hours. How dare you?" You know, like, I like I, 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 yeah, I don't want to be. I always picture a person. Me and Emily do this bit when you're being pretentious. Uh, it, it's someone who has a cigar in one hand a, a cup of wine mm-hmm. a glass of wine in the other one yeah and you know they take the cigar you know they they they, they you know they suck on it a little bit and they're just like you don't like you you drink the uh you drink wine that was made after t- year 2000 how dare you you know <laughs> you know just something super pretentious i'm getting like a corella deville kind of vibe you could do that with that yeah yeah uh, i always picture a guy in a suit with slicked back hair and one of those little mustaches okay that's kind of what i kind of like a french dracula almost. yeah like a french dracula exactly and so i don't want to be that guy uh in saying you know when discussing rest but if you are not taking let me just put it this way if you are not taking advantage of the system god set up you're only hurting yourself. Mm-hmm. Let's just put it that way. Mm. And this is where you need to uh, you need to look at your life the way that it is structured and ask yourself, am I allowing time to rest? Mm. Now, if you have to split it up, like, okay, just because of you know the way my life is, I can't do like one straight day. Uh, I hear some people, they start at like 12 o'clock one day, and then they end 12 o'clock the next day, uh, like in the, like lunchtime. And so you have like a big sleep there, but you like you sleep in, you know, you, you, you're not doing anything during that time. And I, I hear people do that. And I think that's okay. It's like, it doesn't have to be, you know, a calendar day, uh, but it could be a 24 hour span that you're resting. And well, well, rest, Nick, does that mean I can't like work in my like shop, in my workshop? Because I really enjoy doing that. And that's something I enjoy doing. That's fine. Do whatever you want to do. Uh, this, is what I, this is what I would say. If it's something you would do on Christmas Day, like for fun, and 
not as like an obligation, mm-hmm. uh, then do it. Mm-hmm. I think that's fine. Yeah. Some people get just extreme joy. Like my wife, for example, she loves uh, messing around with plants. Mm-hmm. She likes tending to them. She, she has fish. She likes tending to her fish. Uh, I don't think in any, there's going to be a scenario where she's just like, I'm going to go like play with my plants and I like hate it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, like an obligation mm-hmm. for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, she just loves doing it. Uh, so yeah, uh, all that to say, I'm, I'm taking way too long here, but the, uh, God sets up a template for us, the way life is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And you really got to ask yourself, am I living the way God wants me to live? Yeah. Just in, even in just this one way. Yeah. Uh, and then, so the, uh, the second significant thing, and I'm going to take a lot less time. It's okay. This. Take me to Eden, bro. <laughs> Uh, the, another significant thing for me is uh, verse 10, just a little bit farther down chapter two, verse 10, a river flowed out of Eden to water the garden and there it divided and became four rivers. Uh, and then we get some names of these rivers and it just goes, uh, it's just all of these rivers and really the whole region, even outside of Eden, is being watered by these rivers. Mm-hmm. And this is the beginning of this theme. It's the beginning of this theme that you see all throughout the Bible of God's goodness kind of being represented by water. Mm-hmm. That is a theme in the Bible, big time. Uh, especially with, you know, when the people of Israel are in the desert, water is a necessity. And uh, so it could be easy to think like, oh, yeah, so like God brings us water and it's a necessity. And like, okay, that's cool. Um, But it's much more than that. And especially when Jesus is at the well with the woman, and, you know, they're drinking water, and Jesus is talking, and she's saying, hey, uh, or, or Jesus is saying, you know, when you come drink this water, you're going to be thirsty again. But I can offer you living water. And if you drink this living water, you will never be thirsty again. Man, that, that sounds so good. T- so tasty. Yeah. I imagine it's a little sweet when you drink it. Like the purest yeah the purest water yeah yeah my mind yeah and so uh there's just this theme of living water and i think we we get a taste of it right here in the garden where there's rivers flowing out of eden and uh this theme of life bringing water is so significant to me because you see it everywhere. You see it in that story of Jesus talking about living water. Um, You see it just in the way that baptism happens. Mm -hmm. You know, you need to be baptized in water and spirit. Yeah. Uh, In Revelation, you see that there's going to be a new, there's going to be a river flowing straight through the kingdom. Wow. Filled with living water. Come on. Uh, That's beautiful. Yeah. And so this is so significant to me, just because it's a theme that you see all throughout the Bible. And it's one of those 
things, like I said earlier, that when you read your Bible, read it in the context of the whole Bible, mm-hmm. which is hard to do if you don't know a lot. Mm-hmm. But if you're, if you're new to this whole Bible reading thing and you're reading, whatever you see, water, mm. whatever you see it, just like remember that, like, oh, this is, this is the theme. Yeah. And I should pay attention to this. This is significant. So those would be my, be my two things, Bill. Uh, God created a template for the way life is supposed to be. Mm. And I, you know, I'm even going to broaden that out just mm. a, a touch more now that I think about it. Uh, not just in rest, because I don't want you who's listening to think that I'm just like honing in on this rest thing, but really just in general, like perfect relationship with God. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to broaden it out to that. God gave us a template of how life is supposed to be. Rest relationship with him everything Mm -hmm. uh and then second living water god is Mm. the source of living water Mm. Mm. that's uh that's big right there man Mm -hmm. that's big i love that that living source of water yeah and when you really break it down like what is our body essentially made up of 70 percent, baby and what something like that like if you take away the most essential part I mean, gosh, the whole body fails. Yeah. Very quickly. Very quickly. Jesus knows what he's talking about. He does. He knows what he's talking about. And even in the beginning, he knew what we needed. Even, and we're not going to touch on the fall right now, even when he was in, when we were in relationship with him in the garden and what thrived, and then when it was taken away, Mm -hmm. our downfall. So that's big, man. I love that you touched on that. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, Nick. I I would say that. Um. You know, with with Genesis, there is this beautiful relationship, and the two aspects that I'm going to touch on are, you know, Adam and Eve were made in the in the Garden of Eden by God's own image, and we can see this in verses uh, 26 through 27. So. I'm going to read it out loud for you guys. Genesis 1, 26 to 27. Then God said, let us make man. All right. And that is uh, something beautiful to behold. Um, Adam is actually the Hebrew word, which is his name. Uh, It's the term for mankind. Mm -hmm. It's a term for mankind. And the proper name is Adam. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And then so God created man in his own image, in the image of God, he created him male and female, he created them. That's verse 27. So understanding this and and seeing this beauty that's going about, I hear a lot of, uh, there's another religion, Mormonism, which speaks Mm. to, well, I'm created, I am God. I am my own God. Uh, I'm essentially in his image. That's the end goal. Yeah. 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 Apparently I get to own my own planet. Uh, If you get to the highest level of heaven. Yeah. And you get to have multiple wives. Um, and uh, and it's, it gets kind of uh, jaded, and they kind of verse pick uh, when we when we and I say we respectfully, whoever's listening, wherever your belief system is, um, the image is not saying that we get the divine deity that only God holds. 
He alone is God. Um, but we are made in self-image, a reflection, mm-hmm. all right? Our emotions, our, our, uh, our physical being, um, our nature is based off of him. He's given us the authority to watch over the world, to care for it, to mm-hmm. shepherd it, mm-hmm. just like how he shepherds us. As it says, and for he is the chief shepherd. There is no one that is a chief above him. We will never become chief. We shouldn't even strive. And there was one named Satan who mm. wanted to be God. And we hear what happened to him. Yeah. So in essence, those that say, well, we become our own gods, uh, I would say, look at the nature of Satan and see what happened when one tried to rise up above God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Trinity, uh, he was casted. He was casted out. And so understanding this, this image is a gift. When you know your worth, Mm -hmm. when you know your value, when you know your identity, it is a reflection off the source, the creator, the one who created you. Not because I could create any worth or value or identity, because, man, this world, it's crazy. And I try to... I might even try to find stuff that looks like God, hear me, looks like God, might have similarities maybe, might, might seem good, but is never, ever, could never be God mm-hmm. of the heaven and the earth, as we read in chapter one, in the beginning, God. There is only yeah. one. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think you bring up a good point, Bill, when you see what Satan's kind of end result is and not just like the punishment that you see in revelation but just the the hate and the pride and just the destructive tendency that he seems to have throughout the whole bible boy is that even something that you want because mm-hmm. i know that if i had if i was all powerful like god man i would be selfish Dude. i really would be yeah my first thought, like, man, and see, you even see this just like when we were joking around about Dota donating $25 million to the podcast mm-hmm. and you brought up uh, like orphanages and stuff and that did not even cross my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Not even once. Totally. Pure selfishness. You know, man, it's a, uh, it's, there's a, there's a degree that only God can transform his creation. Yeah. And that's where I want to rest on. It is a blessing to know that you're created in his image. Yeah. It's a blessing to know that you're created in his image. As David says, King David in verse uh, Psalm, or in, in Psalm 8, 5, he says, You have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. He's talking about hu- humanity. Mm-hmm. Adam and Eve have been made in God's image. We're getting transformed if you truly believe that God is your uh, everything is the one who really defines your life and leads your life and saves your life from yourself. He transforms you from glory to glory. And when I talk about this specific glory in the Garden of Eden where he bestowed uh, a a non-essential glory of having ownership over the world and shepherding it, but then we talk about the fall next week. Um, that's not the end result. Eventually, we will be glorified with God. We mm-hmm. will uh, have God's redeeming love over us saying, yeah, I gave you a little bit of glory. Yeah, you messed up. Yeah. But guess what? 
because you messed up and obviously you're not me, um, this is where I'm going to show you what love, this is where I'm going to show you what agape love looks like. Yeah. God love. And I'm still going to take you to glory if you mm -hmm. come back and repent and confess. Um, uh, Philippians 3.20, uh, we, we await a Savior. We anticipate Jesus because he's transforming our bodies into glorious bodies. Um, mm -hmm. And that's when we die. And, and knowing this, so Adam and Eve were made in the image of God. And it is a blessing to be made in his image. Yeah. Um, my second point, and, and going into that, if you read with me, verse 28, all right? Um, verse 28, uh, Genesis 128, and God blessed them. Take that in. Mm -hmm. Stop moving so quickly, you, <laughs> and I'm talking to me too. Stop moving so quickly. And God blessed them. I created you. I have purpose for you. Mm. I love you. Mm. And guess what? I'm going to bless you guys. Just let that sit. Mm -hmm. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Mm -hmm. um, my second point, and it's one that is beautiful, but has been distorted by the world. Mm -hmm. And it makes sense because when you have sin, distorting something was that was supposed to be made beautiful in the garden of Eden. Uh, you know, when you see sin and, or you don't notice it and you kind of label that like, oh, that's impure. Um, God invited Adam and Eve to delight in their nakedness. I'll say that again. At, he delighted in Adam and Eve to delight in their nakedness. That sign of freedom. Mm -hmm. No weight, no bearing, no shame, no guilt, no doubt, no, no separation, no rebellion. Hey, you're blessed. I have Everything that you need here, I have my presence with you right now. Yeah. I have my presence with you. And guess what? Enjoy each other. Mm -hmm. The gift of sex. Be intimate mm -hmm. and multiply and go. And guess what? It's a blessing from me. So intimacy mm -hmm. in the splendor of being free and being naked in the Garden of Eden, it was beautiful. Um, it, was, it was meant to be a good thing. It was meant to show that they were royal representatives of the king. All right. I'll say they, they're royal representatives of the king. Love that imagery. Um, when a king gives authority, some authority to generals, uh, hey, watch over this place, watch over this yeah. group of people, take care of them, love them, communicate to me how they're doing. Guess what? Take care of the, my creation in Eden. I'm always going to be over you, but I'm going to work with you and I'm going to be with you. Mm -hmm. um, and this royal representation by Adam and Eve, uh, man, they delighted in it. They loved being a part of the royalty of God. Uh, we see this with Jonathan's robe when David and Jonathan it, it were you know, together and yeah. enjoying life with each other. Uh, that's a symbolism mm -hmm. after Genesis guys. Uh, there's Joseph's coat, the imagery of royalty with Joseph yeah, and, and yeah. like, Oh man, this multicolored coat. And Oh, cool. You got like a cool coat. That's multi. No, it means man, you're bestowed with a, a gifting, a royalty. 
Bill, let um, me ask you a, a follow-up question. Yeah, here. go for it, man. Uh, is it possible to lose this blessing? Ooh, good question. I think this this losing of blessing can happen. It can happen in the instance of knowing that one, the king has the authority to give it and to take it away. Mm-hmm. So just starting with that and knowing this love, sin, and this is where we touch on the fall. Yeah. We got to wait for next week on that. But knowing that just starting with the Garden of Eden and just talking about sin interjecting and sin, as you said, Nick, in our last episode means death. Yeah. It really is the consequence yeah, yeah, of yeah. death. Mm-hmm. Um, you have lost yourself. You have lost your royalty. You have mm-hmm. lost the, re- the, you have rebelled True. against the gifting of being free. Transgressed the purpose that was given to you. The purpose that was yeah. given to you. However, and this is where agape, God's love, stands alone. And that's why he stands, he stands as Alpha and Omega. He still pursues the sinful. Even when we step away. So the royalty Hmm. comes because humans don't know how to accept the gift and have been stained and need saving. And one who was a royal king came to earth Mm -hmm. to show the world, hey, I'm not like a huge commander to kill armies or like destroy. Guess what? I'm God and I'm royal, but I'm going to kneel down and wash your feet. Mm -hmm. I'm going to seek out the diseased. I'm going to bring the orphan and the children to come to me who really in society, like forget them. Women, you matter to me. In the garden, we delighted together. Yeah. The royalty that man you wanted to be prideful. I'm going to be a man 100% and God 100%. I'm going to show you what a man should look like and treat others. This royalty was represented by Jesus Christ. And so there's a greater foreshadowing of God seeking out mm-hmm. and showing through himself, not staying away from a sinful world, which, as Nick, you said, if I was God. Yeah, dude, you guys suck. Bill, you do it over and over again. Bill, why are you doing this? You know what? I'm thankful I have a God that gives second chances. Oh, amen. And that's where... I would have been toasted 32 years ago. That's it. My, my second point would be Adam and Eve lived in the freedom of their royalty And that symbolism was being naked and Mm -hmm. being intimate and multiplying, but they relished in the gifting in the garden because their relationship with God was bestowed on them from a royal king to do his work and to be cared for Mm -hmm. and led. Um, Bill, do you think it's significant that in that verse, verse 28, that it's God blessing them and, you know, man and woman 
like they didn't do anything to deserve it even then. Do you think there's some significance there? Here, say that again. Like it's the like God blessed them. Uh you know, he made them, he blessed them. Like is like did they deserve that? It, I I guess the reason I'm asking is it just seems to me like there's it could be easy to think like oh yeah I'm in I'm made in God's image and I like like there's like this propensity to think that I deserve to be blessed. It's a good point, man. Yeah, and I, I think oh go ahead. Yeah, so I I guess when I look at this. I, and I don't, I hope I'm not stealing any thunder here. No, man. But, like, even just, still the blessing is a gift. Yeah. You know. I think, Nick, you are touching on something that I'm, I think I'm just going to end with. I, I thought I ended, but then you brought it up, and I'm like, <laughs> oh my gosh, this is so good. Garden of Eden. Um, Nick, you're right. Uh, when you have an expectation um, compared to anticipation, there's a humility. I have an expectation that I get what I get. And there's like a trick, there's pride in that. Um, And then there's humility of knowing, you know, I'm in anticipation of something greater than me doing something that really I have no control over, no power over, um, but I have full faith in. Mm -hmm. And I think a good symbolism is, and what actually did happen was when Adam and Eve, and we're talking about the fall next, when they uh, were tempted, they uh-huh. sought that temptation and became yeah. sin and they rebelled. They hid themselves in their nakedness behind the bush. So now vulnerability mm-hmm. is actually embarrassing. I'll say that again. Vulnerability yeah. Yeah. is embarrassing. Well, Bill, what does that look like today? How many of you on this podcast love being bare? All the time, everyone's seeing your, what you're thinking, what you're feeling, what you're... Uh, what you're going through. Um, do we really like to walk without our clothes? I mean, like, you know, on a, vulnerability is so much more spiritually deeper. And yeah. so in that God, knowing that they forsook their, or forsaken their, uh, their vulnerability, in that, it's saddening. Because now mm-hmm. you can't be vulnerable with the most important relationship in your life. Sin's in the way. Mm-hmm. Can't be vulnerable with God. We, how many of it's us hard. today have a hard time being vulnerable with God? It's hard. Um, I mean, that's where, you know, confession is so important. It, we don't want to tell people, like, hey, I did this and it was bad. Because like you said, it's embarrassing. Mm-hmm. We don't want people to know our dirty laundry. Yeah. That's the bottom line. So, uh, yeah, when I think about this, Bill, I just, you know, I think about vulnerability and I think about pride. Um, I think when we start thinking, yeah, I I deserve some blessing here because I've been working hard. The only way you can accomplish that thought process is by ignoring your own sin. That's easy to do. It's really easy to do because we don't like thinking about it. Mm-hmm. I don't like thinking about my own sin. Mm-hmm. Um, but just for those of you who are listening, uh, don't think of these blessings that God offers like, oh, uh, 
I get what I get because of what I did and because of who I am. Mm -hmm. Don't think about it like that. Instead, think, I get what I get because of who God is. Mm -hmm. And like you you said, Bill, uh, it's his love. It's his... uh, Boy, yeah, his his mercy. Like, we don't deserve any of that. Mm -hmm. It's an interesting look that God still pursues Adam and Eve and knows that they sinned and asks for them, even when they're hiding. Some of us right now may be listening or hiding Uh or don't know how to be vulnerable with God. And I just want to, I want to encourage you. Uh, It's not in your power, as Nick said, in Mm -hmm. some aspects. You can draw near to God. Um, He'll draw near to you. Um, But I want to let you know, God's constantly pursuing. And we see this in the beginning. He's pursuing those that betrayed him. Yeah. And were tempted. He's pursuing them and asking, what happened? Talk to me. Mm -hmm. He was never embarrassed. He's just. He will call out sin. He won't tolerate it. But he's not embarrassed of Adam and Eve. Guess who's embarrassed? Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve. Yeah. And I think that's a good place to stop. Because if we keep talking, we're going to end up... Gosh dang, you're getting, me, getting yeah. the preacher out of me, I bro. know, we're going to end up running out of stuff to talk about for next time. So uh, we're going to take a quick break, and then um, we're just going to talk about some uh, practical stuff when we come back like we usually do. Uh, just how do we synthesize quickly this stuff that we talked about in Genesis chapter 1 through 3, or I guess chapter 1 through 2, Uh How do we synthesize that into some practical application? Mm -hmm. We'll be right back. All right, we are back. If we're coming back to talk about practical applications on the things that we talked about today. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Bill, do you want me to start it off, or do you want to take the lead here? You take it, man. Okay. You run. Well, uh, so I think for me, practical application uh, would be this. And I think it would be easy for me to talk about the whole rest thing, and I'm not going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about the living water aspect. Where are the practical applications there? Um, Here's what I would say. And uh, I've been reading through Ezekiel the past couple weeks. It's a a beefy book. Prophecy, a lot of stuff going on. And there's one part where God shows Ezekiel this vision of a valley of dry bones. And, you know, God asks, like, hey, can these bones be made alive? And Ezekiel, he's pretty tactful, says, uh, you know, if they can be. Mm. And what ends up happening, God brings these bones back to life. Mm. And it's, it's kind of this bizarre vision of these dry bones and... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know they come alive and not just come alive but they get tissue put on them and they become like living things again like people again mm-hmm. and so my wh- wh- why are you bringing this up Nick 
this bizarre thing of dry bones, uh, this bizarre vision. Uh, here, here's why I'm bringing this up. You may be listening to this. Oh my gosh, hold on. I'm, you can sneeze if you want. It's kind of cool. Oh. Do you want my arm? Yeah, could you just let me wipe on your arm for a minute? Do it. Corona crust. Yeah, there you go. Get that Corona crust on there. <laughs> um, yeah, sorry about that. Not sorry. Uh, the allergies have not been good today. Sorry, man. Yeah. Uh, but back to practical application. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, back to that. Uh, maybe you're listening to this, and when you think about your life, you just feel so dry. And, you know, you feel like you're living in a desert. You feel like you're... It, and not just you're living in a desert, but, like, there's a desert within you. Hmm. Spiritually speaking, you're living in a desert. And spiritually speaking, like your soul is a desert. It's dry. It's this wasteland. Mm -hmm. um, it's hot. Everything is crusty. Mm -hmm. And you feel alone. Mm -hmm. And you don't really feel like you're alive. And you, and you feel anxious. Mm -hmm. Like, think of all of these things you would feel living in a desert anxiousness loneliness dryness and that might be you and this could happen for a multitude of reasons uh, but if that's you and you're just thirsty you're thirsty for something real but you keep on chasing these mirages in your life and you, you get to this mirage and you think, oh, and you start running towards it and you think, this is it. This is what's finally going to satisfy me. And you get there and it doesn't. Here's the practical application for you. If you want true living water for your soul, and again, it's because you're feeling dry, it's because you're feeling all of these things I just talked about, mm -hmm. and you're feeling thirsty, and you want something real, mm. seek after the Lord. Seek after him. Because as we get this initial picture in Genesis, he is the source of living water. He is the source. Mm -hmm. And... If you try to chase after these mirages, they might look really good, but you'll end up being like, you know, the cartoons where they try to jump into this oasis and it disappears. You know what I'm talking about, Bill? Yeah. I'm picturing like Daffy Duck or Donald. You don't know, you don't know how to get yeah. out, bro. Donald Duck, he's jumping in and there's nothing. It's just sand. And unlike a cartoon, you might be drowning. That might be the place you stay. Yeah. Unless you get rescued. Sarlacc pit. That's what? what it feels like. You'd be like dragged in. That sounds horrible. Yeah. Ugh. So I just want to encourage you, if that's you, and you just feel like you're not finding any satisfaction out of life, I want to encourage you to run to the Lord. It's the way it's supposed to be. That's where we're supposed to be is in his presence. 
and he is the source of living water. Mm-hmm. And if you drink from what he offers, you will never be thirsty again. Mm-hmm. Bam, snap it. That's snap, it. crackle, pop. That's it. That's my, that is my practical application. That's good, dude. That's good. I think um, continuing what Nick just said right now, my practical application is this. Um, I really like that word he used, satisfaction. Um, you know, Garden of Eden, it was, it was satisfying. Everything was satisfied. Um, then we see this in Revelation 21, when life leaves us, and we're not guaranteed tomorrow. Uh, I love that phrase when someone always speaks, you know, hey, I'm going to go to the store, Lord willing. Oh, I'm going to, you know, uh, visit, visit my friend, Lord willing. Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes it's like, okay, stop. But uh, God knows. And uh, there's a place of satisfaction that rests in the soul of people. So just kind of understanding this, um, being in the image of God, this is my practical application, being in the image of God is royalty. But being in the image of the world is decrepitness. Mm. If you're trying to find royalty in the world, you really are having a false royalty. Um, I've heard that, dude, you royalty. Yeah, you royalty, <laughs> son. You royalty, girl. Yeah, you royalty. Um, I get that all the time with my last of name. Of course, of course. Um, you know, hey, that feels good. Looks good. Uh, you can get decorated well. Um, you can look the part. You might even be popular. Get that bling on. Uh, get the bling bling, you know? Get that ice. The bling and the ka-ching. Um, it's just, oh, and the ka-ching. Yeah, Dang, man. Nick. That's good. You know, I'm going to challenge you. Uh, that is a false royalty mm. because guess what? It's building up the throne and empire of you. Mm. The throne and the empire of you. And from what I'm reading in Genesis, Adam and Eve were given life because they were dirt and God breathed from his own breath life and made them into him into this image of him taking on a nature giving them a a sense of a a non-essential glory Mm -hmm. so they are actually royalty they are royalty because he has breathed life into him the woman from the rib the man from the dirt there is royalty um and the greater understanding is when you move in that aspect of knowing that you're i'm a son of god i'm a daughter of god Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, no, no matter what the world says, I think God's, as Nick mentioned, system is way better for me than the world system. Mm -hmm. And now you move from a place and I love what Philippians 3.20 says, but our citizenship is in heaven. Oh, I love that. And we eagerly await a savior from there. The Lord Jesus Christ. I love that. Um, so that's my, that's my first practical advice. Uh, my second Practical advice would be this. All right, my second, 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 <laughs> second practical advice would be this. Your marriage with God is the most important thing. Your marriage mm. with God is the most important thing. That's, what I mean by this—that's kind of awkward, though, because I'm a guy. Yeah. What and like God is a he? Yeah. Referred to? Well, yeah. What does totally. that mean? Totally. Kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. 
this understanding is this um you are seeing a representation not necessarily a putting a ring on hanging out having a party committing each other having it's a covenant it's a covenant love that is faithful unbreakable unshakable and there are times because we're human where we are just not our best selves our marriage partner slash the representation of someone who is faithful, mm-hmm. unbreakable, unshakable, all-powerful, all-knowing, ever-present, is actually advocating with being love itself and showing that I've made a covenant with you no matter what. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to break my vows. I'm not going to break this marriage. I'm not going to break, and when I say marriage, relationship, yeah. covenant love relationship. So with Adam and Eve, they can be able to delight in their nakedness and their splendor in the garden, but their relationship with God at one point was everything to them. Yeah. And that overflowed into their earthly marriage, which was the first marriage, mm-hmm. to each other. And God blessed them. Verse 28, like I said, and God blessed them. Yeah. How did he to multiply, to be fruitful, to fill the earth? to to enjoy the earth as it was meant to be enjoyed Mm -hmm. um and that blessed their marriage there's a lot of people in here that are thinking about a future marriage there are those that are thinking what it would look like to have uh a a marriage partner there might be some listening right now that are just having a hard marriage Mm -hmm. um that don't know if uh, their parents are gonna break up or split up or remarry um there might be some right now that are just like, dude, marriage has turned me off because I've seen it done with my earthly parents. I want to, I want to encourage you. I'm so sorry. I'm so yeah. sorry. Because in the beginning, Adam and Eve knew that their marriage could only prosper mm-hmm. because the Lord, the one who made covenant love relationship in his individual marriage with Adam, his individual with Eve, and showing just as I'm going to take care of you, take care of each other, and take care of your legacy and lineage after. And there's brokenness in the world, and us earthly people fail a lot. It's not the way it's supposed to be. That's it. And, and you have to recognize that marriage in and of itself uh, is hard um, now, but that was never the intention. Ever, ever, ever. Ever. And if you've been burnt by a broken marriage, if you've been burnt by divorce, if you've been burnt by uh, a spouse or by parents, just know, like Bill said, we're sorry. Yeah. But also know this. It's not the way it was supposed to be. And so that was not God's intention for the way we were supposed to live. When we have these moments where we are embarrassed and we know we've fallen mm-hmm. and we're convicted and we're naked, essentially in, in our sin, we've lost the splendor of God and we hide behind a bush. I want to encourage you, as Nick said, he loves you. Yeah. He loves you and his love will not be taken away. He will pursue you. 
but we have to know that we've fallen short of his glory Mm -hmm. and we have sinned and he will be able to keep blessing and restore that word restore that splendor Mm -hmm. in a way that maybe you've never experienced love before yeah and that's in its own way a gift Mm-hmm. in the garden of eden some of us would be like man we lo- we sinned we've fallen short uh and it's true but also see that quick little picture of how it was supposed to be when sin was present god still had power over mm, the sin and oh, pursued yeah. those that yeah, yeah rebelled yeah. against him so in marriage in your thought process restore be restored, be restored in the splendor Amen. of God. And may that trickle into every piece, every relationship of your life. It's a good word, Bill. Yeah. Got a hashtag for us? Hashtag drop the beans. Hashtag drop the beans. Sometimes we be carrying beans on our shoulders. Some of us be eating beans in our system. And we're like, dude, beans, the magical fruit. The more you eat, the more you beep, toot. And you're not too sure. Is this healthy for me? Is this helpful for me? Just as beans goes through your system, you got to get it out of your system. And you know what I'm talking about. Banyo time. Maybe you got to be like, whoa, it's on my shoulders. Get off of me, beans. Get off of me. Fall off. Each bean represents maybe a piece of your life that is either a hardship, uh, a weight, uh, uh, a detrimental hurt. I want you to know as your system needs to let those beans come out. And those beans are being carried. You don't have to turn to the beans. There's a thing called living water, a.k.a. Jesus, a.k.a. the living water that refreshes the body, that nourishes the soul, that restores your spirit, that cleanses your mind, that helps your body move, function, think, view emotionally understand there is wisdom as proverbs 9 10 says the beginning the fear of the lord is the beginning of wisdom may i know the living water and may it know me and thus beans you're not that important anymore beans inside of me i gotta be refreshed because guess what i was made from a place where my body is functioning from live is functioning of water but guess what when i'm dry i get refreshed and it's living water hashtag drop the beans hashtag drop the beans i like that i have nothing to add <laughs> you covered everything there you really did i appreciate that uh guys thanks for listening uh this has been the dip and sip podcast with bill and nick Peace and love. Peace and love. Enjoy. Make sure send your questions in. Oh my gosh! Tag, yeah. Wait. Connect, what am I thinking? Share. We have an email. I need to remember this. I need to come up with like. I just need to write it down. What we need to talk about. We have an email, and if there's a topic that you want to talk about, uh, we'll talk about it. 
when you email us. If you have a question about something that you've read in your Bible and you're just like, that don't make no sense. That don't make no sense. That's what you think when you mm-hmm. read your Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, send it in. Send it in. We would love to talk about your questions. We would love to address some of that stuff. Because uh, let's be real, Bill. Uh, there's some weird stuff in the Bible. There's some really it's weird. It's a lot, dude. There, there's a lot in there. It's a lot. Uh, and it's weird. And it's okay to say that. Yeah. Uh, and don't feel like you have to know all the answers. Nope. Yeah. Guess what? You're, talk- you're, you're listening to some people who are still discovering, man. We're, yeah, and that's the joy. Exactly. That is the joy. So send your questions, comments, topics to the Dip and Sip podcast at gmail.com. Nice. I'll say that again. The Dip and Sip podcast at gmail.com. As of right now, we have received uh, zero emails, except from Google saying that we need to finish <laughs> setting up our email. Uh, so oh, uh, maybe by the time that this episode comes out, we'll have some. I hope so, man. That'd be great. Hope so. We're here for you guys. We're listening to you. Thanks for engaging. We love investing in you and connecting, sharing, tagging. Any junior high families, any high school families, any young adults or adults that just during this quarantine time need encouragement and also some dipping and sipping and just permeation in God's word, man. Mm. It's an honor. It's an honor to dive into this with you guys. Hashtag drop the beans. All right, we're out of here for real this time. Peace and love. Bye, guys.